Good Sunday morning, and welcome to Forgiven, the weekly radio broadcast of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury. We're happy that you tuned in today, and we hope you will find the program beneficial to you. Now, here's our pastor, Joe Vassar. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. I consider it a great honor to spend a few minutes with you on any Sunday morning, but it's a special treat for me on this last Sunday before Christmas. Let me wish you a very Merry Christmas, and if you don't mind, I'd like to use our time this morning to try to help and contribute to the Christmas spirit at your house. You know, the Christmas season fills about one-tenth of your calendar year. That means that about 10% of your life is spent celebrating Christmas. That's a significant part of our lives, and so it's pretty important for us to get it right. Let's just think for a few minutes this morning about Christmas. I enjoy everything about the Christmas season. I love the fact that an entire month of every year is filled with the expectation and the preparation for Christmas Day. We have a rule at our house. I don't mean a hard, fast, militant rule, but more of a calendar guideline that I've set up over the years and that the rest of my family enjoys breaking. It's simply this, that in order to keep the boundaries of the Christmas season clearly defined, we don't listen to any Christmas music or watch any Christmas movies or put up any decorations until Thanksgiving night. Now, my kids like to sneak in some Christmas songs a week before Thanksgiving, you know, like they're breaking the law, and then I pretend that they've committed some horrible offense when I catch them, but of course it's not a big deal. But every year on Thanksgiving, my wife and our three kids spend the day at my parents' house, about 20 minutes away from us. And then when we get in the car to come home on Thanksgiving night, the first thing we do is we start looking for the radio stations that are playing Christmas songs. We start enjoying the music that we haven't heard since last December. We listen to him all the way home that night, and then when we get home, my son builds a fire in the fireplace for our first fire of the winter. We all sit together in the living room with the fire going, and we watch the movie Home Alone. And that's how we officially kick off the Christmas season every year. Then from Thanksgiving night on, we enjoy the Christmas music, and the shopping, the decorations, the lights, the Christmas movies, and a few other traditions here and there that go along with all of it. It all ends on Christmas night, or at least it all gets put away for another year. But once again this year, I've enjoyed it thoroughly, and I look forward to doing it all over again next year. I enjoy all the Christmas decorations on people's houses, on businesses, and public places. I doubt there's any place in America where there are more Christmas lights to enjoy within driving distance than right here where we live. And to me, it never gets old. You go down to Rockefeller Center and see the beautiful lights there and take a walk on Fifth Avenue and see all the lights and displays in the store windows. Or you can drive up through New England, through town after town, and see many houses and streets and buildings and trees and yards decorated with beautiful Christmas lights. But then there's plenty to see right here where we live, just taking a drive for an hour after supper one night or going for an evening walk down the main street of one of our towns. I love the lights and the trees on the main street of Danbury. And then I always enjoy taking a walk with my family down the main street of Ridgefield. It always puts you right in the Christmas spirit. I love the town of New Milford on the green and the gazebo there just to 
sit on a chilly December night and take in the feeling of Christmas. I enjoy all the effort that people put into decorating their houses and yards, and some with a simple strand of lights that outlines the house, others with every blow-up Christmas figurine under the sun right there in their yard, others with a very stately look of a single candle in every window, or a wreath on each window. There's a house at the southeast corner of Lake Candlewood that my wife especially enjoys. It has a beautiful display of multicolored Christmas lights. And then that great tree that the concrete company on Peyton Aram Road puts on top of their building every year. I love that. It's great to live in an area and have so many neighbors who contribute to the Christmas spirit, isn't it? And to everyone who's listening this morning who puts in hours and hours of work and pays you extra on your electric bill, to bring joy to everybody in the community, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for caring. Thank you for putting a smile on so many faces. I also love the Christmas movies, and I'm sure you do too. The ones we've watched year after year since we were kids. Of course, back in the olden days of our childhood, before cable, before VCRs and DVDs, those movies came on TV once a year. And if you missed your favorite Christmas movie... You didn't see it again till next year. Man, remember that? How did we ever survive? But it sure made it a special event each year when your favorite Christmas movie came on TV. I always loved the Charlie Brown Christmas with that pathetic little Christmas tree and Snoopy dancing. Then there was Santa Claus's coming to town with the Burgermeister Meister Burger. I love It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart running down the street hollering, Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls! I love Christmas in Whoville with... You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. I love Miracle on 34th Street and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with the Abominable Snowman. Of course, he used to scare me to death when I was a little kid. Some other Christmas films have come along in the last 20 years that we enjoy together as a family every year. I mentioned Home Alone a minute ago. We also like the Santa Claus and the Polar Express. And how many different versions of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol are there? But for some reason, it never gets old to me. When another rendition of the story comes out about Ebenezer Scrooge and Jacob Marley and Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim, I enjoy it as much or more than the other 25 versions of the story that I've already seen. There's one movie that's in a completely different class from these others that I've mentioned. It's a movie that I first saw a few years ago that's become an annual favorite at our house. In fact, we watch it together on Christmas Eve night at our house before we go to bed. It takes you right to Bethlehem. It's a 2006 movie called The Nativity Story. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend it. It sticks to the Bible account of the birth of Christ. And like I said, it brings you right to the manger. You feel like you're right there worshiping the newborn Savior. There's so much to do in getting ready for Christmas that it's easy to just rush right through the shopping and the decorating and the cooking without enjoying the trip. Now the trip's about over for another year. I trust it's been a good one for you. This wonderful Christmas season shouldn't be defined by how much money you spend or what you got for Christmas. Oh, it's definitely fun to give to the people you love, and it's enjoyable to receive gifts from people who care about you. But the older you get, the more you learn that you get the most out of this most wonderful time of the year by what you put into it, putting meaning into it putting your love into it. And I hope Christmas Day for you and your family is the culmination of a wonderful, loving, meaningful Christmas season. Why don't we stop for a minute right now and enjoy together one of my favorite songs of the Christmas season. 
Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas to Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. It never gets old, does it? I wish we had time to listen to a bunch of our favorites. I have literally hundreds of favorite Christmas songs. Songs that as soon as you hear them, it puts you in the holiday spirit. And that's why we don't listen to them too early, so that we can save that Christmas feeling for the Christmas season. What's your favorite Christmas song? I hope you've had the opportunity to listen to it over the last few weeks as Christmas Day has been approaching. I love to hear Bing Crosby sing White Christmas. I love to hear Burl Ives sing Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. Elvis Presley singing Silver Bells, or Gene Autry singing Rudolph. I love the Chipmunks Christmas song and the Twelve Days of Christmas. You remember the dogs barking jingle bells from years ago? I love Felice Navidad and Meli Kaliki Maka. I hope I said that right. One of my wife's favorites is Karen Carpenter singing Merry Christmas, Darling. I lean a little bit more towards George Strait singing Merry Christmas Straight to You. And there are hundreds of other songs we've enjoyed again and again over the last several weeks. Of course, the very best Christmas songs are the ones that tell so well and in such great detail 
exactly what it is that we're celebrating, the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. When those songs are sung, it almost doesn't matter who's doing the singing because the words take over and fill our hearts with the great truths of Christ's birth. I love the song, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born. I love the song, O come all ye faithful, especially because it contains one of my favorite lines of any Christmas song. It says this, Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. There's so much doctrine found in that one simple statement, you could expound upon it for hours. I love, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Those words were written by Charles Wesley, who was the brother of the founder of the Methodist Church, the well-known evangelist John Wesley. When Charles Wesley wrote those words, they sounded a little bit different than what we're used to. One example of that is the title. Charles Wesley used the old English word, Welkin, which meant heavenly host. And the song said, Hark how all the Welkins sing. Imagine hearing that line in your favorite Christmas CD and having no idea what it means. And thank God for a very well-known and influential preacher named George Whitfield. He was a close friend of the Wesleys, and he's the one who changed it from Hark How All the Welkins Sing to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That song is also filled with a great deal of powerful Bible teaching about the incarnation of Christ. Listen to some of these words. Offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Or this line, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Or this one, hail the Son of righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. I'll tell you, if I had one great prayer for Christmas time, it would be that everyone who sings words like that would understand what they truly mean. Of course, one favorite song of mine and of many people is the song Silent Night. Silent Night was first written as a poem in 1816. It was written in German. Two years later, in 1818, the man who wrote that little poem wanted to sing it in church on Christmas Eve to the accompaniment of a guitar. So he asked a friend of his to compose a tune. And on Christmas Eve, 1818, in a little church in Austria, with a simple guitar playing in the background, this beautiful hymn was sung in public for the very first time. Several years ago, I was doing a weekly Bible study at a juvenile home in New York. And that particular year, the Bible study fell on Christmas Day. And so my family and I went. We had a Christmas service with about 30 or 40 teenage boys there on Christmas night. There was no piano available, but I wanted my family to sing some Christmas songs for them with the guitar. I asked my 12-year-old daughter to sing Silent Night with the guitar. And everybody loved it. So since then, it's become a tradition and a very special treat for me each year to play for my daughter as she sings Silent Night. I want you to enjoy it with me this morning. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, 
Every year on Christmas morning, before we exchange a single present, we sit by the fire in the living room, and I read for my family Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, 
The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. When I finished reading the scripture, we bow our heads and we thank God for his blessings, and especially for his greatest gift, the gift of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. I want to invite you right now to bow with me before our God in heaven and thank him for his goodness to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for another Christmas season. I thank you for the abundance that we enjoy, for our families, for our health, for warmth and safety, for freedom and love and for life. Thank you most of all for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins. Thank you for the grace that brought the gospel message to me and that brought me into your family and made me your child. God, I pray this morning for people around the world who have needs, people who are hurting, who are lonely, who are weary and discouraged. I pray that you touch them with your grace and your love. I pray that everyone listening this morning would know your love and your grace as I have been blessed to know you. I pray that as the folks listening this morning make their final preparations for Christmas, that you'd give them safety. I pray that you'd provide some extra special, unexpected resources for folks who are struggling to give their families an enjoyable day. And I pray that you'd give your people a wonderful, joy-filled Christmas this year with their loved ones and friends. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. Have you ever thought about this? All that happened on that night in Bethlehem, that little town where Jesus Christ was born. Wise men visiting from far away to acknowledge that the king of all kings had been born. The angels of heaven appearing and singing to some common shepherds, confirming that the Savior was born. And they gathered at this little cave that served as a stable. And there in the simplest of all cribs lay a baby. Not the royal stately welcome that you might think the occasion deserved. Nevertheless, a scene that's familiar all around the world over 2,000 years later. But then, just like Christmas Day itself, it was all over in a day. What followed in those little towns of Judah was 30 years of silence. Imagine that, all that excitement, all that promise of hope, and then nothing changes over the next three decades. What would absolutely change the world wouldn't take place until roughly 33 years after that night when that little baby would grow to be a man and would give his life as the substitute for our sins. He'd be nailed to a wooden cross and in the eyes of God the Father he would become sin for us. And the holy and just God in heaven who cannot associate with the filthy sins of this rebellious human race he would all at once take out all of his wrath and hatred for sin on his own son, the only human being strong enough to bear the condemnation of our sin. And once and for all, 
our sins would be eternally paid for. That was the event that would change the world. But that didn't happen for another 33 years after the birth of Christ. So why all the fuss at the birth of this baby boy? Nothing really has happened yet, has it? I mean, the skeptic would say, let us know when he actually grows up and does something. Oh, but here's the significance of that event. On that holy night in Bethlehem, God became a man. Wow! God became a man. That makes it a unique birth in the history of man, to say the least. Actually, the most important birth in the history of man. God became a man. Here's what I ask you to consider as we say goodbye this morning. Is the baby in that manger of hay, is he God in a human body, or is he not? The Bible claims that he is. The prophets claim that he is. He himself claims that he is. The Christmas songs that you sing claim that he is. The very year that you write every time you write the date declare that he is God in a human body. But what do you say? Don't you see that your answer to that question is one of the defining truths of your entire life? Don't you see how foolish and harmful it is for you to proceed on the belief that Jesus is God in a human body if he's not? And conversely, don't you see how foolish and harmful it is for you to proceed on the belief that Jesus is not God in a human body if he is? You absolutely can't afford to get this answer wrong. Have you made Jesus Christ your Savior? What better time is there than Christmas than to say, God, thank you for sending your Son to the earth for me. And I'm choosing to make him my Savior today. It's truly as simple as that. As simple as receiving and opening a gift. And that's why the Bible says, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What an honor it is to share a part of your Sunday morning with you. Thank you so much, and I pray that you have a very Merry Christmas. God bless you, and have a great week. The people of Northeast Baptist Church thank you for spending a few minutes with us this morning. We appreciate your time, and we hope that you enjoyed the Forgiven broadcast. If you would like to share your thoughts about the program, you can call us at 203-798-7088. Northeast Baptist Church is an independent Baptist church located at 101 East Pembroke Road in Danbury. We invite you to worship with us at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Our worship service won't remind you of a funeral, and it won't remind you of a rock concert. It's just a little bit of heaven on earth. We'll see you again next Sunday morning at 7. God bless you. Have a great week. I am no child, I stand here forgiven. My sins have been cast in the depths of the sea. I have been washed in the stream of salvation.